In this episode of the Sean Geek Podcast, myself, Sean Arama, and the inestimable, is that the right word? Todd Fast Fret Fingers, my brother, um, he came up with a topic for discussion that ended up being recorded over two sessions. So halfway through the recording, you're actually going to get to hear my kids screaming, and I think the dog crying uh, as I arrive home, and they're all excited that I'm home and fighting and everything else, but I'm keeping that in because it's entertaining. Uh, Todd came up with the topic. I have no idea why, but it's truly and utterly fascinating. We talk about AI, we talk about algorithms, and we talk about... Um, uh, AI is replacing people in AI replacing people in the workplace. So automation, uh, those sorts of things, and um, and Todd's own unique way. He sure makes it entertaining. Enjoy this episode. I'm doing excellent. Good, good. Excellent. I saw you were uh, you were doing that. Uh, does it Habitat for Humanity? I was yesterday. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So with the hard hat, there, I was like, "Ooh, Dad, you proud?" Uh, he would be like, "This lazy kid is now doing Habitat for Humanity. What the hell is going on?" <laughs> that was pretty cool. I was going to comment on it, and then I was going to do that today, and then I I get busy, and I was able to do it. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, this is the first time our, our work's doing anything uh, like that. Like they right. do a lot of charity work, but they've never done something. They usually do stuff less publicly. Right. So this one seems to be a bit more. Well, I don't know. It's cool. They're doing. Um, they every. I think. I don't think anybody said they couldn't go. So it's that's a pretty good turnout. Right. So there was five of us on Tuesday, and then. I don't know how many were there were today, four or five today, and then I think it's like three weeks worth of, uh, three weeks worth twice a week. Wow. Yeah. And cool. I'm going to go again for sure, you know, whether it's through work or not, but I'm going right. to go again. Like I, um, yeah, it was just awesome. Cool. I spoke to the VP for uh, Habitat while I was there and we had a good chat. Um, Michelle, she was pretty cool. Right? Yeah. So I learned about a lot about how it works because I had no idea before. Wow. So it was good. It was cool. Good. Yeah. A little tired. Good. A little sore. Yeah. But uh, well worth it. Muscle is it? You haven't uh, worked in a while? No. Well, I worked out, I think, like the night before. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that, if well, that's I know what anytime you I, yeah. I know anytime I do anything, it's like, oh my God. Uh, well, we had that big wind a while back, and uh, it blew that tree down beside the garage. Yeah, yeah. And just to take the hatchet and chop, you know, chop it up, it's like, oh my god, it blisters my hand. <laughs> you're like, well, this is an easy job, and then you're doing it, and it's like, what the hell? Well, it was an easy job 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and my chainsaw, the the, uh, the chain, the needs to be sharpened so I couldn't use that oh it's too bad oh well hey uh, I got yeah. I got I, a couple things before we get into our topic uh, okay. I met for lunch with uh, Scott Sullivan with who? Scott Sullivan for lunch oh yeah yeah I had a really great chat a great chat with him kind of caught up talked talked a lot about music actually oh really? yeah so um, I have to remember I actually made a mix based on music he introduced me to or got me turned on by uh, which I called the Sullivan Swing that was the name of the mix oh I, I, I made this like 20 years ago or whatever it was so um, I gotta dig it right. up and give him a copy oh 
And then, yes, last night, um, Abby's been asking me to sing my special lullaby song, like, for bed. And it's the one I sing to Eleanor every night. Oh. And it's actually Breakdown by Dome. That's what I sing. <laughs> but I've, but I've lullabied it. I was going to say, you don't sing it in the same no, uh, no. manner, do you? No, no, no. <laughs> actually, I, I get a, I'll, I'm going to have to sing it to you so you can hear how it goes. Actually, I want to re-record it, be done in that style. Right. Because uh, it's actually really nice. Like the music version. Well, no, it's not the music version. It's actually, <laughs> like, I guess the folk version, I guess. Oh, Probably okay. just an acoustic guitar and the vocal. We, we, we would be good. Maybe bass, potentially. Right. But anyway, um, I've been singing it to Ellie and then Abby. Okay, so the way the story goes, Ellie was bored of the songs I was singing to her, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star... Um, I've got the Good Night song, which Sylvia and I co-authored. It's a Good Night right. song, and then uh, you know, just a few like regular kid lullabies. Um, and Ellie's like different song, different songs. So I'm like, I don't know. So one of the alternate songs that I do is I'll sing uh, I'll sing the song Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead, right. which has lullabyish qualities to it. So they like that one. And then I also sing World Without Heroes by Kiss, which is their big ballad, one of their big ballads. Um, But I was like, what else? So I like, you know, I hit the regular, you know, all the go-tos. And I'm like, maybe I'll sing a Dome song. And I'm like, I finally settled on Breakdown, which is probably our least popular song. Right. Or at 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 least the least popular within the band. Right. And um, I sang it, and Ellie liked it. So the next night, she's like, she said, sing a song, sing a song. So I'm like, okay, well, it goes through the old standards. And no, 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 other one, other one. No, 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 other one. <laughs> so then I'm like, I sing Breakdown. She goes, yeah. Like, that's what she wanted. She fell right asleep. So Abby heard wow. me singing the song and she did like pretty much kind of ran through the whole thing like daddy can you sing the special song and I'm like well what's the special song like the good night song no the special song so I'm like well which one which one and I go through a bunch no not that one no not that one so I sang breakdown to Abby and then she had a big smile on her face so I'm like okay you know what maybe I gotta talk to Todd about maybe we could redo this thing so anyway so last night she said, sing a special song. I said, this one? And I sang, she, yeah, that one, that one, please. So I sang it. And then she sang with me on the choruses. She actually sang with me. Really? Oh, my God, Todd. <laughs> you can't imagine what the, the feeling that went through me. I imagine. Oh. Like, whoa. Super connection. Yeah, it was, that was really special. Yeah, yeah that, you know what? Uh, there's not there's not going to be much that's going to top that. <laughs> I bet. So um, I don't know. I might alter the words a little bit. Not that they're offensive or anything like that, but they're not lullaby. So so what type of BPM are you thinking? <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's the same actually. It's the same. Uh, it's the same beat. It's actually the same oh, okay. beat, but I'm singing uh, one octave higher. Right. Um, and uh, the chorus, I uh, changed the chorus a little bit. There's uh, instead of just break down, it's I'm actually going break down, something like that, more or less like right. that. So, but in a higher octave, which I'm not going to do now. <laughs> but anyway, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to record that one? Sure. It's probably be easy to do. I'll sing. I'll sing you how it goes. And then uh, you can kind of come up with a guitar, and then we can just maybe just record it or something. Pop it on the podcast or something. Yeah. So it's not. So what? So what? What changes would you have uh, musically besides the singing? It would be the same, except it'd be a bit more strumming. Right. But you're going to use like the same drum beat, like the same. Yeah, like it would be the same, but there's no drums. But it would have the same. I'm literally singing. The vocal is in the same um, beat. Da, okay. da, 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 da. Except it's less staccato the way I'm singing it, but it has the same count. 
completely the same count. It's just softer. Right. Anyway, I will well, sing it, and then you'll see what how it goes. But anyway, you yeah. brought a topic to the table today that we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, and I, I, I sent you a, a link to the um, to the write-up on it. I don't think that was, the, I was trying to look for the actual link. I don't think I found it, but I think that was kind of close. But basically, um, you know, with this this new word that, I don't know if this, uh, this isn't a new word, but algorithm seems to come out more now. Yes. Uh, especially with the, the Facebook and whatnot, the way that they kind of do their advertising. They kind of, you know, they, they see who's interested in what, and then they just kind of uh, put their advertisements according to whatever the algorithm is that they, that they have. Yes. Uh, but then I was reading an article, and you know, and you, you read about the articles with those self, uh, self-driving cars. Yep. Uh, and stuff, and all those Tesla, there's a couple, I don't know if there's another brand or whatnot. But, I mean, it was talking, at the very beginning of the article, it was it was basically saying how, how this works. Okay, so say that you're, the vehicle is heading did we talk about this at all? No, we haven't Before? actually. I don't know no. why we haven't. This is a good time. Um, and, and what had happened was the car has all these sensors everywhere and it and it's basically it, it it does whatever the the program that was in, well put into it, it, it reacts accordingly. But the only thing is is it doesn't have every scenario possible. No, it can't. So so what happened was I think it was um, he was driving on the highway, and I think there was a deer or something that was kind of walking into traffic. So now all of a sudden the sensors are, are, are doing its calculations going, okay, well, the distance between here and there, uh, you know, foreign object, you don't know if it's a vehicle or uh, an object that's, that's staying still, but then it kept moving, and then it was, it was just kind of of doing this feedback back and forth inside the computer brain, right? Yep. And then what had happened at the end, it went, okay, you know what? We're going into manual mode. Oh. But the thing is, is the driver wasn't ready because they weren't paying attention to the road because the car was driving by itself. So yep. then what happened was, is it, it, you know, it basically hit the deer, and I, I think, I think the accident, I don't, I can't remember if it was fatal or not, but, but basically. The brain, of the, you know, it can only do so much. You know, it can't think. You know, it can't rationalize in the same way a human brain can. It's, you know, it's only rationalizing for the information that you're putting into it. So the algorithm that you've set in there is how this thing is going to respond. So I mean, it, it can't think for itself. So it's only doing with the information it's got. And then I guess the default at some point says, okay, you know what? We don't know what it is. We're going to, you know, transfer things over manually. But unless you have lights and horns and that going off in the car that says, you know what, we're, we're, we're transferring this over. <laughs> um, unless you have that, the driver's not aware, and then, you know, something will happen. But then your and reaction time to when that happens, how instantaneous is it going to be? Are you going well, to have your feet parked on, like, your feet near the brake? Or are you going to do, like, when you have cruise control in the car where your feet aren't even well, close to your gas pedal? Well, where you're sitting in the back, like, or you're sitting in the back, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or you're reading a newspaper in the front. I mean, the wife and I are doing a quickie in the back car. It's all up to you to keep us safe. <laughs> up to you, yeah, yeah. That would be front page news for sure. Yeah, uh, how did they die? Oh, well, they were in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They weren't really paying attention to the to the road. But then it starts to get into, and then I was reading. Uh, was it Ed? Um, they do those stand-up things where they talk about, you know, the world and how things are are progressing and whatnot. But they were talking about uh, the way that AI works and these algorithms. And right now, it's not to the point where it would think for itself. That may, and they said it may not be in our lifetime. But you know, the way technology goes, I wouldn't count that out right away. Really? Okay. But, but. Um, yeah, just just the way, and I mean, they use it for different things. I mean, they, they use it for stock market. I mean, you just, you know, just pluck an algorithm down saying, okay, well, you look at the investments in the last however many years. I mean, people do it by saying, okay, well, this is the trend, let's go with that. So now they have all these algorithms that do that for them for them also. So, I mean, you know, in, you're trading, you don't even have to do that anymore. So, I mean, who's reaping the benefits and who's not? Like, 
obviously, you know, there's going to be people that have a, a, a leg up on everyone else. Oh, yeah. And the military is using it for, apparently they're using it extensively for um, their own applications. Because, you know, anytime there's technology involved, the military is going to be there and they're going to see how they can use it. Yeah, us first, us first. That they need it. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that'll, that, I mean, that'll help with the safety of the soldiers if they can go in a different route and do whatever they're doing but uh, and then there's the, you know the medical portion where I mean with the drug trials and whatnot and, you know you, you have all this information dumped into this uh, either computer or however format that they have it where they can actually uh, I think they actually did studies uh, I think it was for Alzheimer's patients and they had all this information that they plugged in and the thing is, it would come up with the information uh, to say that, you know, someone's more prone than others, and then they would do the research um, in that direction and say, yeah, you know what, that's, you know, that is true. Uh, but they're not too sure how this algorithm or however it's set up uh, came to the conclusion. But, but I mean, it, it, it's, just, it's developing, you know, constant. I like, and, and it's like to the point where, you know, where machine is like, okay, well, um, you know, this machine's going to take over this person's job or take over that person's job. That's always I mean, the fear, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and then that, and that's continual. That, I mean, that's never stopped. I mean, yeah. there's always people losing jobs because of, you know, uh, especially if you're doing uh, work in a, in a factory where it's the same thing repetitive all the time. Why would you need a human? You just do the, you know, it's like packaging in a cookie company or, or, or bottling. Like, you know, it's all it's all automated. So yeah. as soon as you figure out what it is you need, you just, you know, build the machine that you need to do the job. Especially if it's repetitive enough. Right. You don't have to pay benefits. You don't have to pay salaries. You know, you know, the whole thing. Everybody wants to make more money. The company makes more money. You know, all the shareholders make more money because that's all they're there for. They they want to see profits, right? Yep. Who cares about safety or, you know, depending on what it is. Well, I was half the time. There's like science fiction stories that, that revolve around that where the, the, the robots take over the jobs and develop their own sentience. So there's enough algorithm in it that they actually learn. And the minute that they learn, they're, you know, their brain their brain, whatever you want to call their brain, functions more like a human, and then they start making demands, well, you're not paying me for this work, I'm a machine, you've given me enough AI that I can learn, so I can be better at my job, but now you don't want to pay me, but you've given me life, so well, you, you, you put me together in order to take a job away from somebody so we don't have to pay them, but then if you're going to push the technology to the point that... Um, you're giving me life, then now you have to pay me. So, well, I mean that's. Mm, I mean that's that's far fetched science fiction, but that I mean that would be totally, totally super advanced to where they would, you know, you could. Okay, well, speaking of what we're talking of, about right now, I'm right behind a Tesla right now. Are you? Yep. Does it have that great big radar thing on the top? Uh, on the top where? What should I be looking for? On the top of the car? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've seen them where they have that big, it looks like a radar thing that just turns and turns and turns and turns. Oh, okay. No, no. This one's just... Um, or that's old school, maybe. This is a Model S Tesla. <laughs> Someone's got a fancy oh. license plate, which I won't repeat because then I'm calling somebody out. Um, have you seen a Tesla up close? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. So I've only right. seen them in accidents. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures, yeah. But anyway, go on. I, I don't want to ruin the train of thought here. Yeah, no, no, no. Same. Careful of the radio interference. It might interfere, interfere with the onboard computer. <laughs> don't turn on uh, your radio. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in the airplanes, they're like, turn off your your things, and in the hospital, they didn't want you to have cell phones. Nowadays, I don't think I, I don't think I've seen a sign anywhere saying no cell phones in the hospital. I mean, we're gonna everyone has one. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop that now. Yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, this. I, I saw the article and I figured, yeah, this is technology. Like back in the days of Star Trek, I mean, you had, uh, I mean, the flip thing up and, you know, beam me up, Scotty. So, I mean, the cell phone, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in science fiction that have actually, people have developed and actually work now. 
Yeah. And and a cell phone would be one of them. Yep. Um, yeah, that's basically it, the Star it, Trek phone. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm sure there's well, yeah, the flip phone back then. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still old technology now, um, compared to the smartphones. But yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know how. I mean, they they've talked about. Uh, I think years ago they talked about having a, like a chip like say inside your arm or some stupid thing where you could just scan you wouldn't even need a your your card your bank card anymore but I, I think at that point I think there was someone who wrote um, was it the end of the world what was it called the, um, the rapture oh the rapture yeah yeah and um, talking about you know people uh, basically with the technology you know implemented in, in themselves that's kind of like the end of uh, I don't know if they, they call it the end of time or something yeah, they, uh, there, yeah. there, there, was, there was something I read about it. I didn't I guess I should have paid attention more but <laughs> <laughs> when they talk about the rapture and everything else it's like at the end of the world I mean <clears throat> it was like oh sorry uh, we meant this date <laughs> yeah do you remember yeah, then, the, there was that big one several years ago oh, Maybe, oh yeah yeah it was KeyCon weekend, actually. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually know some people who are really deep into that. What? Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, their they're, they're, they're clothes would... Uh, they would disappear and you'd just have a pile of clothes. So they would be taken by the rapture and, you know, anybody left behind. Really believed in it. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't really get into it... Um, lately to find out what their thoughts are on it but uh, it was like this date and then they, they switched the date to a different date and, oh uh, we didn't take account of this and whatnot, so we put it to a different date so I don't know is that guy still around or well I don't know if it's <laughs> the same guy every time that's come up with a date like that's like I don't know if it's a guy that can come up with a date or the, the whatever church that was that, that came up I, I'm not actually familiar with okay how do they get the number Right, and then is it like is that the number that that particular church, or is it like that particular religion comes up with? Like that's what I was never clear on. Is it like a dude that says, "Oh, this day in 2020, blah blah blah," and he's actually a priest, but he's not really part of a a faith or a denomination. Like, is it a a, a sect of uh, like the Catholic? church that's saying it or Pentecostal or, or whatever it may be or is it just like some guy who's religious and that's what he believes like do you know uh, I I don't know I, I just call them Kool-Aid religion so that yeah. they're, all, they're all kind of in the same but I mean it, it's a cult you know however you look at it whatever religion it is the cult what do you want to call it you know Catholic Baptist Anglican whatever but these guys believe that the end of time will come in the rapture and they've I mean they'll go as far as you know get rid of all the possessions because obviously they don't need them right yeah and then when it comes around to where it doesn't happen it's like mm, okay now what yeah where's my refund <laughs> my refund yeah <laughs> I mean back in the 70s like I've seen pictures where you know the end is near and they get the ticket sign oh and whatnot, yeah like, I don't know if they were a religion or if they were just a belief or if that was kind of a thing at the time. Like, the information came from some person. Like, it came from a person that told another person that created, you know, this. It's not like it just kind of out of thin air just came about, but there's also, I'm sure it says it in a book, whether it's the actual Bible, First Testament, Second, Third, Mormon, you know, pick pick a book I don't yeah. know whoever whoever's book is that they had that written in uh, is what they believe yeah and I think some of those some of those um, ones that start that they say that you know give your donations to the church now and um, it'll help you know guarantee your spot in heaven like I know some of them were doing that back in the day right so then you're like well you're not going to need your possessions anyway but if you give to the church, the church can do a bunch of stuff to help you get into heaven. And then the church makes off like well, a bandit. I think that's Scientology, isn't it? Uh, no, no, Scientology believes in a whole 
Oh, we gotta have a ch- talk about Scientology <laughs> soon, but but not in this podcast. That's a whole that's a whole thing on its own. Yeah, because I've been yeah. doing a lot of reading on Scientology lately. Yeah, yeah, I got lots of stuff to say, but let's save that for a different episode. Okay. <laughs> So back to algorithms. Yes, back to algorithms. <laughs> now that we've gone a kind of gone full circle, what, what, what's your take on it? Well, I actually had a very interesting chat today about algorithms. I, I actually I did a job interview, or I didn't go on one; I gave one, and right. um, I don't know why, but somehow um, this guy worked at uh, Skip the Dishes. And he worked. He works at Skip the Dishes currently. He worked at, at Skip the Dishes. Skip the Dishes. Yeah, sorry, Skip the yeah, Dishes. Yeah. So they okay, use. Yeah. So their entire business model, you know, why they exist and what, why they do what they do, is all based on algorithms. Hundred percent right. based on algorithms. Right. So they use. You know, um, if driver A is near restaurant A and close to customer A then the algorithm will actually select the driver that makes the most sense to do that delivery right there's an algorithm that decides and um, if there's no drivers close the algorithm further goes well who is the closest Um, uh, it it also programs in how long it takes a particular restaurant to get the the food ready this may Mm -hmm. be a restaurant that takes an hour to get the food ready it may right. be a restaurant that takes, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes. It, it takes all that data in and um, it dispatches to the truck or to the truck, right. to the courier. So I, I did do driving for them before. And some of the, they actually have actual di- human dispatchers there and they're right. there to troubleshoot when the algorithm doesn't work. But that really just goes to show that you know, as much as great as the algorithm does is, and as smart as they worked out the algorithm, there were times when I was when I was working for them that I literally could sit for two hours waiting for a call that hasn't come that I won't be given the delivery to make. That's why well, depending you, on, depending on what area of the city you're in. Well, yeah, but they tell you not to move. Like stay where you are. Like right. at the time, anyway, they say stay where you are. And um, because what if a call comes up in the end of town you're in? But the majority, like per- percentage-wise, the largest amount of calls you're getting are, come from downtown. It's the largest, you know, population of restaurants. Correct. See, this is where this is where you have your own algorithm. Okay, the the highest thing is this part of the city. This is where I'm going to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else can go wherever they want. That's exactly it. So they say we need you to stay there because if a call comes up there, you know, if all our drivers after they're done a call and they don't have another call lined up, if the first thing they do is head downtown, then what happens if there's a call that comes up in the west end of the city? Like our downtown is central to to the city, for example. So if you are delivering to the west side of the city, which is called uh, um, St. James, Right. And you do, uh, you so you do a pickup downtown, and then you're delivered to St. James, which is in the west, and you get there, and you make right. your delivery. There are a number, quite a number of restaurants in St. James, but proportionately a lot less than in downtown. Right. And people tend to order from downtown more often, not just because there's a lot of restaurants, and there's a lot of trendy restaurants, but because nobody would ever want to go downtown and pick up their own food. Right. It's it's hard to park. It's inconvenient. You got to deal with rush hour. I'd rather have someone else do it. So right. not only is the density much larger, but the density is much smaller for people that would actually go pick up their own food downtown. So it doesn't right. matter if you have a large amount of restaurants in St. James or Transcona for that, which is in the far east side of the city. Mm-hmm. Those those are the restaurants that people are more than likely going to go to and sit down and eat or go pick up. It's a larger uh, percentage than a downtown restaurant. Right. If that makes sense. So they'd say, well, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Because we need someone in this end of town in case a call comes up. Right. So uh, I remember sitting, I sat for two and a half hours one day waiting for a call and I'm like, 
screw this. So I kept saying, like, give me something. But the algorithm wouldn't let them give it to me. Yeah. So that's where the human has to go in and go, look, I've got more calls than I can handle downtown. Right. But they keep giving it to the same drivers that, you know, are downtown. So they might be picking Mm -hmm. up downtown and then they're delivering downtown and then they're picking up downtown and you're ping ponging and it's perfect. Or they're but, picking up downtown, they're going to where you are. Now you got two guys out there waiting. Yeah. So then <laughs> yeah, they, they I'm like, if I'm closer than that guy, I'm going to get called in ahead of that guy. But the other guy then might sit for another two and a half hours after me for the next right. call to come. So, the, the, but here, here's the thing. Here's where the algorithm breaks is, okay, well, I can wait here or I can go downtown and I can ping pong with anyone else's downtown. But I'm screwing the customer over that's in the west side of the city or the east side of the city, you know, depending on what side you're on, the deader parts of the city. So, you know, you can break the algorithm by basically when the human gets involved, then it breaks the algorithm, if that makes sense. Well, see, they they don't take into account that the percentage of calls that you get should, should be included in there. To say you're not, you know, you know, you're, you're maybe not the closest person to the next call, but you haven't gotten anything in so much time. You should have a call at least every 15 minutes, half hour, 20, you know, whatever it is. Yes. To say that even, okay, uh, there's no calls out here, and the closest one is, you know, not particularly right in the city, maybe just a little bit outside of it, and then you could grab that. I mean, that, 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 they could implement that in the algorithm, but that you're, you're getting a little more complicated in, sure. in, in how it's going to how it's going to run. But then again, it depends on the person doing the actual programming. Here, let's <laughs> guess what? I'm home. I want actually like want to I, I want to talk about this a bit more. Let's cover okay. this. Let's uh, part two this. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. So okay. we left off yesterday. Okay. Um, with uh, we were talking about the uh, algorithms and uh, at skip the dishes. Okay, sorry, you count for about five seconds there. Sorry, so would you say before I skip the dishes? I said we were talking about algorithms, right? For skip the dishes and how every time there's a human factor involved, it it fucks up their algorithm. Yeah, because it, yeah, it'll only do what you put into it, but there's there's always other things. It's like updates. You find a bug or you find something you need to update on it, and then you you, know, you find a way to, to improve it, I guess. Yeah. But uh, from my understanding, didn't they they sell they sold skip the dishes to some company in the states or something for millions of dollars or what was it? How'd that go? Yeah, actually, that's very true. They. Um they built the business up. Wow, I guess we're going to talk about Skip the Dishes now. I love how this podcast is going, just a train of thought. <laughs> but it, it's awesome. Are we, are, we off of, are we off the topic? Well, I, I don't know. But yeah, they were started oh. by two guys in Saskatoon or Regina, somewhere Saskatchewan. Right. And they, I think their whole thing was they came up with an out. They had an idea. Right. And then they came up with an algorithm. And that's what that's the whole cell was based on, right? Like that was how they were going to do it. Like, oh, well, we have an algorithm, and that, that's how they came up with the, the business idea. So they built it up, nothing, um, to become the leader, and then yeah, they sold it to somebody, right? Yeah, so that's what happened. Oh. So, so uh, yeah, what we were saying yesterday. Okay. Was that the, the algorithms, like the idea of the algorithm makes total sense and it's a great idea. Because it's totally a great idea. Like, come up with an algorithm that can predict the patterns of the way things are. That way you don't have to be, you don't have to human dispatch as, as much. Like it's, right. it's a solid idea. Yeah, well, I mean, you've gotten rid of uh, someone's wages and someone's benefits and someone's retirement. And that's what they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you took that spin. Because really, at the end of the day, the automation process, which you touched on yesterday again, is like, oh, this is better. This is better. This is better. But 
uh, is this better? Who is this better for? Exactly. So I, I think I, I think that this is your your angle here is um, you're always cutting out the human and you're putting that person out of work. Pretty much. That, that's pretty much business. Yeah. Or or would they say what they call it? It's the the price of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've just lost your job. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, businesses aren't really in the business of, well, I mean, it depends on, on what it is, but they're not really in the business of humans. They're more in the business of making money. Uh, whether it, if it's, if, it, if there's a human there that needs to be there, then they'll do it. If they don't need a human there, you damn right they're going to be, you know, they're going to get rid of that person so they don't have to, you know, pay all that money out. That's you know, okay. That's an interesting. Like I've 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 been. I went to, to I took business in, in university. So here's the dis, like here's the disparity. Like I, I, that is like the way you're stating it is. Wow, that guy's got to change his muffler. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I just heard a rumble, but I didn't really make it out. It's either a really shitty muffler or it's a Harley. One one or the other. <laughs> and. I won't get started on that thing, but but um, I, I think the idea of it, I think the idea of business, the whole idea of business in the first place, of companies making something and employing people, like when someone works for a company or for a factory or for whatever, and they make mm-hmm. a wage, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to spend that wage back into the economy. You know, they're going to buy a car, they're going to buy a house, you know, they're going to buy their electronics, they're going to buy this, and they actually help the economy. So by giving someone a job, you're Mm -hmm. further allowing your business to continue by employing that person. So the businesses actually win, win by employing people. Okay. Now they when they say, "Oh, we're going to automate this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this better, and we're going to cut jobs." That actually doesn't improve the economy. It hurts the economy. Actually, it doesn't help the company. It hurts the right. company. Actually, and I'm going to explain why. Because I went to school. Damn it. Okay. So now I I, I spent a lot of time learning lean manufacturing. Okay. So I'm going to spout. <laughs> some of that stuff, but yeah, well, well, no, I'm going to spell what what true lean manufacturing is, and why most people get it wrong, and why most businesses get it wrong, and the truly successful businesses are the ones that actually employ it correctly. So, the idea is, if you can automate a process to make the process faster, the proper business model is you can free up. If you can automate a process like on an assembly line, like in a bottling plant, and you can, you know, you in the old days, this, you had like 30 people that were putting labels on, on the can or on the bottle. But if you can provide a way, come up with a way for a machine to do that work for you, the proper business model says, okay, now you've freed up that labor to do something else that's the proper business model so when you find a way to automate it it frees up your resources to do something else i.e. your people not to lay them off that actually goes against the whole principle of lean manufacturing in lean manufacturing the the, the concept is um, is that if Joe who works a miter saw he works his butt off to the end of the day and at the end of the day he still has work left, but then he has to go home, and then they've fallen behind on what the miter saw is doing. But if you can find a way to make him efficient by automating some of his processes, and he can be complete his entire log of work for the day, not fall behind, but get it all done, and have 10 to 20% of his day open where he finishes early, that's after taking breaks and lunch and all that, and you freed up 20% of his working day, then he is more amenable to provide the company with ideas for bettering other processes. So what you're doing is you're de-stressing the person working on the assembly line 
or on the miter saw in this case, he's got he's got 15 to 20 percent of his day open to think and plot and plan stuff. You've actually properly properly utilized your your resource, which is that person. That's the proper model, but who does that? Companies don't do that. They're like they just I don't know. A lot of them, the ones that get it wrong, just get rid of people. That is that is probably the most archaic model I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, what what part of it? Like what? Like what do you say? Well, okay. Well, say one person, um, you, you you modify a process, so now you can use that person elsewhere. Well, well no, no, not elsewhere. You're freeing up that person to, in their role, find ways to improve other things or come up with like, general ideas. You know what I mean? Well, like you give them thinking time. Well, thinking time. What 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 job gives you thinking time? Not well, currently. I, I mean, it all depends on on where you work. I mean, uh, what I see. Well, I mean, I work in the in the health industry, and it's I don't I don't know if it's different other places, but um, basically all they do is, I mean, the workload increases because of everyone needs to be more accountable. So years ago, when we had the film in Fridays or whatever they used to call it, what they did is they they cut back your work week by so many hours a day to be able to accommodate to save money. And then they trim the fat to the point to where you're just barely making it by. So years go by and then nothing changes. You don't get extra help. Uh, you know, you don't beef up anything. And then they come in and they start chopping again. Now, they've already chopped, don't forget. Yeah, they've already And they chopped. never really recuperated from that. So all that they've done is they've rewarded you with more work. So the harder you work, they go, oh, he works hard. He gets his job done. What do we have here that we're lagging behind on? They don't, it's not more time for you to think. It's more work for you to do. That's what actually happens. That's what I'm saying. If they follow the proper business model, which yeah, is not way, what you're saying they do, because that's what they what you're saying they do is what they actually do. But if they yeah. did it right, they they'd use the model that I'm describing. But no one. That's what I'm saying. No one ever does that, which is ridiculous. Like well, by you know they, by piling on people, them. by piling right. on people, you're not making it better. I guess that's what you know I'm what? saying. We're saying kind of the same thing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I had for a part-time job at, uh, at the Liquor Mart a while back, a year or so ago or whatever, to see if I could find it. When I, when I was talking to them, and, and we kind of agreed that, you know, whether it's, you know, hospitals and, and alcohol are pretty much recession-proof. People are going to get sick. People are going to go to the hospital. <laughs> That's true. People are going to drink. But I, I, I want to, I want to change my answer to, um, alcohol industry uh, is recession proof, because the more stress people are under, what do they do? Drink. Or what's more? Yeah. What's what's more common to say? Usually, people are more stressed. They drink more. They want to de-stress more. They, because of all the stress, so so I changed my answer <laughs> to uh, to booze. Uh, booze is recession proof because no matter how things do, they're good. They're partying, they're drinking. They're bad, they're drinking because they're depressed or 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 or, or, or whatever, or just to yeah. forget. they you know whatever. So people don't usually drink in the middle. <laughs> no, not in the middle. <laughs> when I'm happy, actually, uh, when I'm just like content, I don't drink at all. It's when I'm super happy that I drink when I'm sad. Yeah. I'm having so a right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, we're, we've, I think we've totally uh, obliterated our original topic. <laughs> yes, true. But, but, but uh, it, does, it, does fit with, it does fit with the topic where we're talking about automation. Uh, automation, which is AI, I guess, in a way. Right? Yeah, kind yeah. Of. I mean... I mean, you're going to have, you can't have everything running machines and, and people, I mean, you can't have people like with no purpose, lollygagging around. I mean, they won't have money, first of all, to live and to eat and, and all this other stuff. But I mean, you can only automate to a point. You can automate to help. Um, yes. 
the individual, but I mean, who wants to do that? Are you in business to help the individual? Or are you in, in, in business to uh, make your shareholders happy? Yeah. So, I mean, they don't care about the people. No. And the bigger and the bigger the company, the the, the more faceless, you know, uh, your employees. Because I mean, you get the mom and pop thing. Um, you know, the whole family's working. Everybody's you know together. I mean, they sure they do the processes and they try to lean it out, but they don't lose their jobs, right? Yes. Because it's it's part of a, a family thing. But then the bigger it gets, I mean, I don't know such and such's name anymore because now. It's, it's it's so big. It's just it's just a faceless company, just run by you know people and, and processes. But um, but, but yeah, computers are definitely not perfect. I think that's like that's that's what I think is yeah okay you've automated this process, but if you hundred percent automate anything, it's going to fail and it's going to fail miserably. You need that human element. I mean, it's the human element that allowed you to make that part in the first place. It wasn't a computer. It wasn't anything. No, Every idea no, comes from a human. I mean, yeah, you have to start somewhere. I mean, it's like when they said, as soon as you had a computer, you know, we'd be a paperless society. I, I, me personally, I think it just created more. It did create more. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're saving any trees anytime soon. No. Um, if anything, I mean, you get emails and then people print them out. Like, why are you printing them out? Like, you get folders and stuff in your email, put them in your folders. I mean, you know... You know you know, like, I think there's something to the paperless society in that, yeah, okay, maybe because the old communication, someone will give you a note, right? But now you're like sending an email. Note? Yeah, they give you a post-it yeah. note or, or whatever. Or they would uh, you know, do something on the typewriter and they would drop that on your desk. But now, maybe we've gone paperless, but it didn't improve things because there's so many emails that flow back and forth. You're sending electronic paper more than you ever did in the old days when someone would just go talk to somebody else. Right. But now, with the amount of emails going back and forth, you've actually created a whole other thing. So, it, it paperless, yes, but you've actually increased the workload. Because I don't know how many emails you go through in a day. But well, I, I mean, it's, how easy, how easy, see, it's all about how easy things can be for, for, for you and I. That That's where technology is. And that's where the money is because that's what people want to buy. Yes. If, 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 if I was going to say, okay, I'm going to, write, I'm going to write you a letter, you know how much hassle that is to write you a letter versus <laughs> typing it out in an email and sending it to you? Yeah. Like, you don't have to wait three, four days for it. You don't have to pay for a stamp. You don't have to find an envelope. You have to, you know, I don't think people even write anymore. They, they, they well, you're paying the for point the stamping where they you're, you're paying for your service. So you're seeing that in a different way, maybe, right? Instead of paying for stamps, you're paying for your internet bill or your phone bill or. Well, I mean, yeah, it all has that, I guess. Yeah, it all has an expense. I mean, I mean, and and someone's getting paid, right? You get yeah. the internet, you're paying for that. So yeah. I mean, that's they're like, yeah, that's we're going to make money by creating this process for the people to use. I mean, it's no different that your phone or your tablet. Everything is to make everything easier for you and I, and for you know. Uh, and we're the consumer, and we're the ones who buy it. I mean, you want to watch movies on Netflix on your on your tablet? I mean, you could never do that, you know, 20, oh God, 30 no. years ago. Like there was none of this was around. And the old who days, knows? You just it, have to go to a theater to see a movie. You can even watch it at yeah. all. I mean, and we can't even fathom like 30, 40 years down the road, like the things that advance, like where we're going to be. It's it's uh, it's it's kind of exciting but scary at the same time because I mean you see the way the world is going and and, and you know and, and how the process and, and things go I mean depending on who's steering the ship will depend on you know if we survive the iceberg or not <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that go, that goes with the algorithm like so if you're watching your Netflix or if you're watching if you're doing any of these things that are kind of automated now, even just the way that your email inbox is sorted, that's based on, you know, not a, uh, maybe AI or algorithm or whatever you want to call it, because it sorts your stuff out. Like, I don't know if you notice, like, in your inbox, in your email inbox, like, I know in mine, it sorts out all the junk. There's focused and then there's not focused. Do you have that in your email? 
Uh, I have it, but I don't. I don't really understand how that all works. Uh, well, it's based on that, who's. Like, it's based on who's in your address book, I think. So it looks at who's in your address book. Well, this is a contact, so this is a focused. I'm getting an email from somebody I know, and if it's unfocused, then you're getting something from Samsung or something from uh, Pizza Pizza or like all those sorts of things go into your unfocused inbox. I think well, that's I how I, I think that's how it's sorted. I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting emails from from family members, and it says, "Here, check this out." And it's got this spam thing, whatnot. So I don't know if they're taking the name from my email address, or if it's sending something from, or if it's something that someone else is infected with that's sending me. It's kind of hard to say. But now, when you're when you're talking about Netflix, that that's a perfect example. Uh, when we're talking about algorithms because uh, say when you're watching a certain program it will suggest you know if you like this then maybe you like you know maybe you like this other type so I think it, it just takes the, the, the genre or the, the I don't know how they do it but they obviously have it set up in a way where they figure I mean you're interested in this then you may like this program or you may like this uh, um, this documentary or, or something that comes up and yeah. nine times out of ten uh, it comes up. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I could, uh, yeah. I could watch that. <laughs> so, and, and I've done it where it just comes up automatically, and it, you know, the, the next thing on is is uh, it's pretty close to what you're you're usually watching. So. Yeah, that's that's very true. One 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 place where the algorithm totally fails is um, like for me, it's on my Google Music. So. I listen to, okay, say I'm listening to Slaughter, for an example. Yeah, well, yeah we got to buy our Slaughter tickets. But anyway, uh, I'm listening to Slaughter, for example, and then, right. you know, I listen to it for a while, and then a suggestion pops up to say, hey, you like Slaughter, you might want to listen to this. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And then I listen to it, and then it keeps playing songs that I fucking hate. <laughs> and it's like, what? I did, I did. That sounds so, like YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Depending on what it is, some sometimes I'll put a song on and it'll continue and it'll go and go and go and it's excellent music. And then all of a sudden it puts this something in there that's like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah, it's like really bizarre. Like where? But I, I think sometimes those fail. Like I know with Google Play, it's it's stacked a particular way. It's stacked upon popular music all the time. So for example, like if I'm listening to anything Canadian. And I've specifically stated that I do not like, um, I don't know, the pursuit of happiness, like that band. Mm -hmm. I really don't like it. Every time they popped up, I put a thumbs down. Like if they popped up on a playlist that I just grabbed, thumbs down. Right. It'll still pop up in another playlist. It's not automatically realizing if I put a thumbs down on a song, it means I really don't like that song. If I'm so so on the song, I won't give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down but I put thumbs down on songs that keep reappearing because I'm listening to another playlist and it's not saying it's not saying oh do you want to listen to this playlist minus the shit, shit you really hate like it never does that so even though there's an artist that you you know have a beef with or, or can't stand or, or whatever the deal is you're right. still going to be forced to listen to that person because there's enough people that like it based upon terrestrial radio and what they listen to. So the automation, pro that's where I'm saying, again, the AI or the algorithm or whatever they're using fails because a human's not putting that playlist together or it's not, it doesn't matter how foolproof your algorithm is, it still fails. Oh yeah, because it doesn't know the human factor. I mean, that's, that's, that's the key piece it's missing. Once you have that, then you'll have a self-aware, <laughs> uh, you know, like Skynet or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, Skynet, to yeah. be, you know, to be, you know, but you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, yeah, but it, like when you take, say it's got the playlist, okay, and everyone, say you have 50 people, okay, you pick a song, they pick the exact same song, you guys all have the same playlist. Now, some of you are going to play some thumbs down on certain items yep. and, and some people and, and you guys will probably all be different 
So, or maybe the same. Now, it depends on how the algorithm, how the algorithm is set up, whether it's, say, okay, well, you know, the majority of the people don't like this song. So we're going to pull it out of the list. But you might like that song, though. Or you, yeah. But, but everyone else depends. hates it, but you might love that song, but it won't be on the playlist because it's not based upon what you, like, it, uh, as much as you want to say, the algorithm's not based on you. It's actually based on everybody else. But then again, it depends how it's set up. It could be set up where, under your account, that particular playlist, you don't like this. Yeah. There again, it depends on how it's set up. <laughs> well, but, but yeah, it's basically, basically just. Well, I have a theory about that because I think the way the playlists are set up, there's some cor- uh, there's corporate corporations that are involved in how those are put together, and using that Drake example we used from that podcast whatever a few weeks ago how right. it just shows up everywhere in everyone's playlist it doesn't matter what you like or don't like we need to sell that Drake album <laughs> you know what I'm saying oh yeah so you know that. so maybe the algorithm actually works totally fine but again the human factor jumped in and said yeah but we need to sell some Drake albums <laughs> we need to get this number of spins you know up we need to get that number yeah. up well this person yeah, doesn't so, like it well don't listen yeah. to what he's saying don't look at his thumbs down Let's just put it back in that playlist anyway. You know? Oh, well, yeah. That's my I mean, theory. It's a, <laughs> so if it's the fourth song in, you start listening to it, you hit thumbs down, it's already started playing. So yeah. does it count that as, as a, an actual thing? And they go, oh, well, his thing is number one. Well, of course, you've stuck it in every freaking playlist <laughs> to make it number one. But See, I don't think big business wants algorithms like that. Like, they want the automation process, but only if it works in their factor. But I, uh, algorithms could work really well in the, the consumer's factor, but they wouldn't want that. You know, they never want that. Like, I don't think an artist like Ariana, Ariana Grande would be anywhere near as popular as she is if it wasn't for, you know, payola and those sorts of things. She's a pretty okay artist, but she's not the top of the heap in terms of talent and songwriting and all this stuff. But in terms of, you know, the marketing machine behind her, they're, they're fabricating her success. Wow, that's deep. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't follow her, but okay, I may not have heard the name. And I'm oh, sure she's fucking huge. Songs, but. Yeah, she's huge. And in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, and you know, this isn't a personal assessment of the lady herself, but she's incredibly bland. Like it's mm. incredibly vanilla. Like there's no flavor to what she does. It's just kind of meh. Yeah. What's what, what's her hook? What's her shtick? Like, what's yeah. There's her, no hook. What, well, she what sounds separates like her from everyone else. Yeah, yeah. She sounds like this person, this person, this person, and this person. Well, I can go already go listen to those people. So you haven't created anything new or anything like uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC. There's no one that sounds like him. Right. That's his hook. He's got his hook. You know, like even I think like even like Chris, Christina Aguilera, like mm-hmm. I don't think like she kind of got lumped in with Britney Spears and all you know all those people, but she does sound unique. Her voice oh, yeah. is like she don't sound like all these other you know pop tarts that are yeah. out there. She actually, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that kind of music, but I can recognize she has something different and unique. She's got she's got. She's got soul in her bones, like yes. the way in which she sings. Yep. It's like it just grabs you. I mean, that that you know that to me is a star. Yeah, she is an actual. And, she and is an actual artist. Yeah, she is an actual artist. She yeah. believes in her music. She's not manufactured. You can tell. They tried to manufacture her, but I think her. You know, she always came out. You know, same thing like that. Kelly Clarkson, like. They, she's she is a manufactured pop star, true, like you know by definition. But that's not how she sings, and she's always you know rebelled against her handlers and all that sort of stuff. Say no, but I want to do this. But I want to do this. Well, we don't think it's a good idea. We should write all your songs for you. No, but I'm a songwriter. Yeah, but you shouldn't write your own songs. No, we'll you know it's not going to meet the algorithm that we're trying to meet. See, I'm circling back. It's not going to meet the algorithm that, that we need it to meet. We're going to write the song, make sure it hits all the quadrants, 
make sure that the you know the third line of the first verse fits exactly with with the algorithm that we're looking for to sell records well maybe or either that or the producers got a boys club going or, or a men's club going with uh, with the writers and whatnot and everybody wants to make a buck and they're all friends and they all want to make money together uh here's some songs uh, here this is going to be singing <laughs> maybe yeah like the, the whole beyonce thing like you look at you know one of her songs and it's uh, the writer on one of her, you know, the writers on one of her songs, like 16 people wrote the song. Right. And you're like, what? Why did 16 people write the song? And maybe in those credits, Beyonce, might, her name might be in there. Right. So, but everyone talks about how the greatness of Beyonce, but I'm like, really? I don't know. I, I, I admire songwriting over technical prowess any day. Well, I, I think it's their presence, too. Um, like they're very, they're very like if they were in the room, all the attention would be pretty much on them. I think it's just sure. their, their personality. Yeah. Well, uh, she does that have does, that. That does that. I mean, so I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll see her in the news more than I'll see her singing. So I mean, she'll be yes. Like, like wow. whether whether you it's on Ellen or on something you like Beyonce. You said a lot there. That is so true. Wow. I never really thought of it that way, but that's entirely true. What part? Well, the part that you know more about her and you know nothing about her music. She's always in the news for everything other than her music and people talking about how great she is. But it's never, well, it's rarely yeah. seeing how great she is. I've seen read, read more articles on her or seen more clips of her without actually seeing her sing or perform. I mean, it's the same as the Kardashians. They try, you know, if you make yourself relevant all the time, if you're in the news, if something happens bad, everyone sees. I mean, it's all about uh, being out there. Because if you, I mean, if you, they say, like they said, like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. What yeah. is publicity? I mean, now you're in the limelight. So basically, yeah. you're getting your 15 minutes of fame or, or whatever. But like the Kardashians do, it's like they're, they're doing it constantly. They're always trying to find a hook, a stick, or something going on, or, or, or whether there's something going on in the family, or whether it's leaked, or whether it's not. I mean, the only reason why anybody is ever relevant is because, you know, they're out, uh, the media portrays them in that faction. If we didn't have TV, if we didn't have radio, if we didn't have any, we would not know who the hell these people are. Yeah. The only reason we know who they are is because they're in the news. Well, yeah, and is that fabricated? Is do, Are they looking at, okay, what does society want to, like, what will society focus on? Like, it seems so fabricated, like an algorithm. See, I'm trying to circle right. back again. <laughs> Even though we're going on topic, <laughs> I'm trying to circle back. It's almost like... It's like it's like the hook. It's, it's the gonna hook. hook you back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but it's almost like okay, does she does the Kardashian or Kim Kardashian or whoever, like do they have all the aspects that's required to get people to watch and pay attention? Like even if it's a, like you said good publicity, bad publicity, you know, it doesn't matter, it's all publicity. So it's sure. like even if you're watching a car crash you, you can't you can't look away, and it kind of feels like that with them. I still have no idea what she does for a living. She's famous for a living. I don't. That just boggles my mind. Um, yeah, I mean it's like Seinfeld. It was a show about nothing, but they made it interesting. They made it what the people wanted to see. The people want to see drama. The people want to see. You know, the, this one's cheating on this one, or this one's having a baby, or this one's going to be a fashion model. This is going to be a show, and it, it's all uh, whether it's that one or the Housewives of Tucky, or you know, all these different shows that are on all these reality spinoffs because that's what makes money. As soon as something makes money, someone does a spinoff on it. Yeah, it's it's no different whether it's a zombie movie. I mean, the zombie movie ooh made billions of dollars. Okay, let's focus on zombie movies. Now let's focus on vampire movies for the next five years. Let's focus on Star Wars. For the, you know, it's whatever sells that people are going to, you know, they're going to see. Wow. 
what are you doing? Oh, I just stopped my car. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my car's noisy, dude. <laughs> yeah. And and I think I may have said this before, but I mean, with TV, that's how people live. They live through the TV because that's what they watch probably most of their lives, right? Yeah. Whatever goes on in the world, that's the way the world should be. It's got nothing to do with uh, values as much anymore because those seem to be gone out the window when it comes to TV. Back in the Cleaver days or whatnot, I mean, people were, were different. Like, if you look at the people back in the day, say, 20, 30 years ago versus now, do you find people's personalities and the way that they live their lives are different? Yeah. I mean, I mean from th- what, from 30 years ago or something like that? Yeah, just, just the way, I think just the way families in general you know, raise their families. I don't know, I might be right off the mark, but I'm just saying the way that, I mean, you used to have a thing on uh, on TV that was at FCC rules, or they couldn't swear, or they couldn't show nudity, or they couldn't do this or that, right? Yep. There was always a censor, right? Yep. And as time went on, they just kind of dwindled and dwindled and dwindled, and now, you know, the, everything is getting more and more risque because everyone's trying to outdo everyone uh, just to get the ratings, right? True. And I don't know if they've just softened the criteria or it's been the pressure of the networks, if it's a money thing that, you know, but that's, um, yeah, I've gone off topic. Again. <laughs> okay, circle it back. How do we circle back? <laughs> um... <laughs>